Boston Celtics steamroll the Charlotte Hornets, and they're having a ton of fun doing it. Who saw that coming two months ago? And Blake Griffin, yeah, they dusted him off, and he had a nice performance. But it's what he's doing in the locker room that's most important. I'm talking about it right now on the Locked On Celtics podcast. Be ever ready. Recognize the city of champs. Boston, baby, we do what you can't. Locked on number 18, Tatum and Brown, J team, step back. We gon' wet that and slay teams. Of course, the Celtics, who else could it be? Screaming like KG with the Larry OB. Corral is above average, assessing the team status. Best daily pod, no cap, salary matching. Clutch like Bird to DJ, keep John on replay. Primetime, dapping up the truth on the sideline. Raining Jays, how it started, raising banners, how we finished. Locked on Celtics pod, home of the winners. B. Hey there, welcome back to the Lockdown Celtics podcast here on the Lockdown Podcast Network, where it is your team every day. And I'm here for you every day with a free, fresh podcast that drops directly to your device if you are subscribed. So make sure you are subscribed wherever you get your podcasts. This show exists everywhere, including YouTube. Watch the show on YouTube. I see the subscriber count flying. I love it. Please, I need to pump those numbers up so we can get past that Lockdown Lakers podcast. So I do appreciate you making this show your first listen or first watch every single day. I'm John Corrales. I was a a professional basketball player once upon a time. And now I cover the Celtics for Boston Sports Journal. I've written a book called Boston Celtics All-Time All-Stars. Order it on johncorrales.com. Makes a great gift for the holidays. Celtics 140 to 105 win against the Charlotte Hornets. Later on, third segment. I'm going to save the Blake Griffin stuff for the third segment because He's the big story of this game in a way uh, in that he's like, this is a, this was a blowout, right? This was a, a game where it felt like the Celtics were, uh, you know, the, the, what do you want? What do you want? What do you want to talk about here? They won. They were up by 40 something. And it's like, all right. Yeah. The, the Hornets had no LaMelo, no Rozier, uh, no Hayward. No, like half their team was out. The Celtics had no Horford and no Jalen Brown. So <laughs> it didn't matter. And, but Blake, Blake had a lot, the, the impact that he's made on this game and what he's doing in the locker room, I think is important to kind of talk about in the second segment. We'll just talk. It's about the vibes in the second segment. It's about the fun that they're having, but we'll start with the game. We'll start with, with what they're doing. I'm here at the garden, by the way, I'm in my like little hidey hole after, after the game here, they're turning the the, the floor over. To, to hockey or something uh, right now. So if you hear me echoey, it's because I'm in this big cavernous room where I like to do my post-game podcast. All right, Celtics get this easy, easy win. Started out like <laughs> two plays into the game. I turned to Brian Robb of Mass Lab and I said, I think we can start writing our game stories right now. It just felt pretty easy right away. And, and you can tell the difference in the talent with these two teams. And, and the Celtics offense is just out of control right now. 140 points. They shot 59%, but a lot of that was taken down during garbage time. At one point, uh, as Jay King of The Athletic tweeted out, they were on a potential path to their best shooting night ever. They were shooting 67% at one point during this first quarter. So, I mean, they're during the fourth quarter. So at that point in the game where they had close to their biggest lead, they had one of their best shooting nights of all time. Uh, So 
They they ended up shooting 59%, but they also ended up shooting 46% from three, 24 of 52. They took another 52 three-pointers in this game. 52 of the 93 shots that they took were three-pointers. Uh, they hit 24 of them. And, and all of this, they shot 46% from three with Tatum shooting four of 14 from three. That's not something that you would expect, but... Tatum had another bad night from three. He hasn't been able to get his shot going. The Celtics are one of the best three-point shooting teams around. Uh, I, I Actually, I'm sorry. I didn't look it up. They're, they're either the best or close to the best percentage-wise, and they're doing it without Tatum or Brown really getting hot. And they're two of the guys that you can rely on to get hot and, and carry you from three, but it's everybody else. Grant Williams was two of two. Derek White, three of four. Marcus Smart, six of nine. Uh, Malcolm Brogdon, three of three. Sam Hauser, three of six. It wasn't until you get to the deep bench where Pritchard was two of eight and Justin Jackson was 0 of two and Kevin Gelly missed one and Noah Vonley missed one that the percentage was actually dropped down. Uh, but but the everybody outside of Tatum was spectacular from three. Tatum was just a bulldozer in the lane. We know that the Hornets don't have a lot of interior presence, let's say, that their their need has been very starkly a center that can that can help them. And they have not gotten that center at all. Uh, so uh, Tatum was just, uh, I mean, like I said, he anything he wanted to do at the rim, he got it. He was four of 14 from three, 15 of 28 overall. So, Let's see. Quick math. 11 of 14 from two. And he, he shot a couple of mid-rangers, but mostly he was just getting to the rim. And he only shot one free throw, which is kind of odd for a guy who got to the rim as much as he did, but didn't need, didn't need the free throws. He was a plus 45. He, shot, he scored 35 points. One of the stories of this game is how well the Celtics were able to shoot and continue to, to hit their shots. Uh, and score and be a very, very efficient. Like they got 15 points from Derek White. He was five of eight. They got 22 points from Marcus Smart. He was eight of 11. Malcolm Brogdon, 21 points, eight of nine. These guys, no one outside of Smart and Jason Tatum took more than 11 shots. Smart took 11 shots. Tatum took 28. Everyone else was below double digit shots. And the Celtics still put up 100 and 40 points. That is hard to do. And they only took six. They only made six free throws. They were six of seven from the line. So they just shot the hell out of the ball, made a ton of three pointers and buried the Hornets who I, I mean, I kind of feel bad for the Hornets team that was put out there. And it was kind of funny because before the game, Steve Clifford was talking about, you know, Terry Rozier is out and, and all of that. And he was like, can we win tonight's game? Yeah, maybe. Sure. We'll need some help. <laughs> he basically walked into that thinking like, hey, man, we know that we're kind of stuck here. Uh, chances are pretty good that we're not going to win this game. He basically said that to us before the game. And spoiler alert, they were, he was right. He, he knew exactly what he was walking into. They attacked the rim. They did everything right. There's the analysis of this game was simple. 
The Hornets didn't have any of their good players. And even when they have their good players, they're not exactly the greatest team in the world, but they're more of a threat. And they would put a, uh, some threat on, on Boston's offense, uh, defense. Celtics offense is just a monster and the Hornets had no chance against it. And the, Aside from a little blip at the beginning of the second quarter where the guys got a little too fancy and were kind of like hunting for highlights. Aside from that, everything was just, I mean, you can't, can't complain about any of this stuff. So I'm not going to complain about any of this stuff. What I'm going to talk about when I come back is the vibes, the fun that they're having. Luke Cornett doing Stroll Miles Swift uh, celebrations, just the fun that's being had. This Celtics team is fun to watch and is having fun. And it isn't what that isn't that what basketball is all about. I'll talk about that all next. First, today's show is brought to you by Turo, T-U-R-O. And that's the world's largest car sharing marketplace. With Turo, you can book any car you want, wherever you want it, from a community of local hosts. Browse a huge selection of vehicles for just about any occasion or budget across the United States, the UK, Canada, and Australia. Book a spacious SUV or minivan for a family road trip. Get a classic or luxury car for a special event, birthday, or holiday. Find affordable economy cars if you're on a budget or you just if you just need to get from point A to point B. Or you can test drive that new electric vehicle you want to check out to see how it fits into your everyday life. Many Turo hosts can even deliver the car right to you. Every trip is backed by liability insurance, Terms, conditions, and exclusions apply. Forget about boring rental cars. Find your drive at Turo.com. Thanks for making Lockdown Celtics your first listen every day. After you're done with this podcast, head on over to Lockdown Sports today for a look at the entire sports world. You got about 20 or so minutes. You're going to get the biggest story. So when you head to the water cooler, you sound like you know what you're talking about, even if you missed something. So check it out. Lockdown Sports today, wherever you get your podcast, even on YouTube. Okay, so the Celtics, 35-point win, very conducive to everybody having a good time. But the Celtics team seems to be having uh, a lot of fun. And I think that's important because it was only two months ago. We were at the end of November. You think about where this team was on September 28th. I'm recording this. It's just about to flip over to September 29th. Think about where that team was in September, at the end of September. Ime Udoka just got suspended. Joe Mazzula just gets the interim tag. Everybody's wondering, that you're coming off a media day where people are talking, uh, it's, it's morbid. I remember listening to the Lockdown NBA podcast after media day, and it was Celtics and Phoenix Suns. Oh my God, the world is falling. Their, their media days were so kind of like morose. And it was, it was justified. It was justified to say, well, wh- what are these guys going to do? How are they going to uh, come out this season? And, and how are they going to perform? What kind, of, uh, what kind of nerve do they have? How can they get th- Are they able to get past these moments? And resoundingly, yes, they very much were able to get through these moments. This is Boston's 13th win in 14 tries. They have now won four in a row after a nine-game losing streak. Uh, a nine-game winning streak was snapped. They've won now, I believe it's nine straight games at home. They've only lost once this season at home. They are the best team in the league. They've won 81% of their games. They have the best offense in the world and one of the best offenses 
that we've ever seen in the NBA at this point. Uh, what else? They have the number one point differential, so they're winning by the most points in the NBA. This Celtics team at this point is rolling. Now, we know no championships are won in November, so I'm not going to sit here and be like, you know, book your tickets to the parade, but the Celtics were supposed to be a good team, and they're they're playing like a good team right now. They're playing like a team that is a finals contender. So they did a great job. Joe Mazzula deserves a ton of credit for circling the wagons, for getting these guys to focus on, on basketball. I've said this before. I, I think it bears repeating. In a way, like obviously you don't want the thing to have happened that got Ime Udoka into trouble. But having to deal with that adversity is something that the Celtics turned into a positive and used it as a way to just focus on basketball. They said, no distractions, keep it hoop. We're gonna, we're just gonna focus on what's on the floor. And that's what they did. And they came out, and yeah, they had a not the best start in the world. They had a couple of, you know, they lost to the Bulls. They had that collapse. We weren't sure how that was going to go. Uh, they had those losses to Cleveland. You say, okay, there are some questions here. And then they just started clicking. And, you know, you kind of sit there and say, I wonder what would happen if they played the Cavs right now. So the way that they've kind of gotten to this point, now you get out to this point on the floor and, hey, shout out to Grant Williams for diving in the third quarter with the game at 29 points. Ball was loose. He saw it loose. He dove for it. He didn't just go, oh, eh, well, it's a 29-point game, which actually I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have cared so much. It's a 29-point game. I'm not going to kill myself in a 29-point game when it's obvious this isn't like uh, the last game where it was a 20-point game, but you see oh, there's, there's still – there's still some danger here. You never know when they could, you know, pile up a few points. And the, you know, I know it was the Wizards, but they had guys with some pride there. This this team was very obvious. Nothing was going to happen. Joe Mazzulla could have just taken everybody out, just like he did in the last game, and it wouldn't have mattered. But there's Grant, to his credit, 29-point game, dive on the floor. Get it up ahead to Marcus Smart, alley oop to Luke Cornett. Luke Cornett comes down and he's making the the, the flapping wing things with his hands. And that was that was fun. Uh, a tribute to Stromile Swift, who was this uh, uh, when he was playing, just big freakish athletic guy with super crazy dunks. After the the game. <laughs> After the game, Luke Cornett's talking about. He's asked, "So, what's your? What? How do you compare to Stromile Swift? What's what attributes do you share with him?" He goes, "Explosive athleticism." Next question. Fun. He's fun. He's having a blast. I think having Luke Cornett as a fun guy, having Blake Griffin as a fun guy, Grant Williams is a fun guy to have around. The the trash talking. Malcolm Brogdon said after the game. These guys are enjoy. They enjoy each other's company. They enjoy the, themselves in the locker room. They enjoy themselves on these bus rides and the plane rides. And for a team that was where there were so many questions, for a team that was so in the weeds and we weren't sure about where they were going to be and and how they were going to respond, can we imagine a, a better response? And for this team to be at this point in it any better position 
This is an amazing position to be in. Now they've got the Miami Heat coming in for a Wednesday, Friday, and that's going to be tough. That's going to test all of this. I don't care what's been going on. Uh, Miami Heat are, are going to be here to send a message, and the Celtics now have to take these vibes and respond. I talked to Malcolm Brogdon after the game and and asked him a question about him and Blake Griffin. Now, Blake Griffin is the, the, the big story out of this game because of not just, yeah, he had nine points and four rebounds starting for Al Horford. That was nice, but no one's making a big deal about nine points, four rebounds. He had the dunk. He had the big alley-oop dunk, and he could have had a couple more if it weren't for some, some fouls, but... The way that guys were talking about Blake and Malcolm, I think it's really interesting how the the impact that these guys are making in the locker room, especially Blake, uh, but both Blake and Malcolm. So I'm going to talk about that because I think that that's something that was extraordinarily uh, well-timed and very needed in this Celtics locker room. I'll talk about that next. First, today's show is also brought to you by LinkedIn jobs. I know what it's like to need to hire somebody. And I grew up in a small business with my dad owning restaurants. And I know the most important thing when you're hiring is to have a good pool of candidates because that's how you're going to whittle people down. There could be some good people out there, but you need to find a few, just like if you're putting a Celtics team together, a basketball team together, you're going to hold your tryouts and you want to make your cuts to make sure you're getting your the right player on your team. And that's what LinkedIn jobs can do. It helps you find the right people for your team faster and for free. It's very easy to post a job. It just takes a few clicks. Then you can add your job in the purple hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile and spread the word that you're hiring. Then here come the cuts. Simple tools like screening questions make it easier to focus on the candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you want to interview and then hire. See the the year is almost up. You want to finish the year strong, and the right team member is going to help you do that. Small businesses rate LinkedIn Jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs help you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at LinkedIn.com/slash/lockedonNBA. That's LinkedIn.com/slash/lockedonNBA. Post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. So the big moment in this game was the Derek White alley-oop to Blake Griffin. And that was a great moment. It was a great moment uh, to get Derek into the middle of the paint there, uh, right about the free throw line, actually, and draw somebody up. And Blake coming up the right sideline and rising up, catching it with his right hand and finishing it. A little bit old school Blake. A little bit of old school Blake. And, you know, he comes in, he hits the first shot of the game, a three-pointer that drawing up a play to get Al Horford, the first three-pointer uh, has been a thing over the last few games. It's worked over the last few games. And why not get the guy who subbed in and, and started for Al Horford, the first three-pointer of the game, which they did. So Blake gets that, keeps a couple of offensive rebounds alive. And early on, that sets a tone. You could tell right away that the Celtics were coming out. They were stronger. They were better. They were faster. They were more eager they actually wanted this game. So credit to Blake for being part of that tone setting. And 
I think that is the bigger thing than, oh, yeah, he had a, a nice game and he had you know the dunk and, hey, vintage Blake. Like, that's nice. That's a fun thing. And it's great for Twitter and it's great for the, you know, the headlines and all of that. That's totally, uh, totally fine. But the bigger story for me is looking at Blake as the leader and the guy who has been a player who was the face of the league and the face of uh, a team. Like he, he was obviously one of the three superstars for the Clippers and was a force of nature, Zion before Zion type of player. And, you know, pitch man sold everything. He mean, his face was on everything, every commercial. He was the most sought after pitch man on the planet. Now here he is. And it, it, it wasn't that long ago. It's not like he's 40. So he he's over here and he's accepted his role and he understands what he's what he's doing and he understands what he's supposed to do and and, and all of that. And you hear guys after the game talk about Joe Mazzula. I, I like Blake because he's a great person. It's the first thing that he said. Uh, you hear Malcolm Brogdon talk about Blake in those respects. You hear Marcus Smart talk about Blake in those respects. Luke Cornett, all the guys who spoke. Everybody's talking about Blake in that respectful hey, you know what? He's been there. He's done that. We respect everything that he's done. And the fact that he's here and willing to be this guy, we respect that. But really one of the most important things that he and Malcolm Brogdon both bring is the perspective of, hey, you know, we came from other franchises. Blake has seen the Clippers. He has seen Detroit. He has seen Brooklyn. Brogdon has seen Milwaukee. He's seen Indiana. These guys have played on other teams. They've seen the good and the bad. The Celtics have a team full of guys who have been here. Their most important players, Tatum drafted here, Jalen Brown drafted here, Marcus Smart drafted here, Robert Williams when he comes back drafted here. Jalen Brown up for an extension uh, if he makes all NBA, Supermax, whatever, but contractual stuff coming up, not in the too far off, not in, in, in the not too distant future. And here is Blake, and here is Malcolm. And I asked Malcolm directly about this, and he says basically what he said was, Yeah, it's one of the most common conversations I have with these other guys. They come from what is what was supposed to be greener pastures. You know, they've gone from one team to another via trade or via choice. They have seen what happens in these other front offices when things aren't going great. And as Malcolm said afterward, he goes, there's a lot of good here. There's a lot of good from top to bottom, from ownership front office to physical therapists and the, the medical staff and those guys. There is a lot of good here. And... It's very easy, it's very easy for guys like Tatum and Brown and Smart and Rob to have spent a whole time here in this franchise and wonder, I wonder if it's any better anywhere else. I wonder what it's like if I was the only superstar. I mean, we just came off a game where Jalen dropped 36 on his own to beat the Wizards pretty easily. And here's Tatum, 
you know, on his own? Or, or does he does he want to, you know, would he ever want to try something somewhere else? You never know. I'm not I'm not saying that that's a thing now, but you never know. And you know, business is business, and sometimes guys have their friends traded away, or guys don't like the way certain things have happened. And it's so so important to have Blake Griffin and Malcolm Brogdon here to be like, I hear you, I get where you're coming from, but pump the brakes because we've been around this league of ours. And let me tell you something, it's this it's greener here. This is the green. You're wearing the appropriate colors here because this is where the pasture is. It's greenest. There aren't many franchises that can offer what the Celtics can offer right now. And it's good to have that level of perspective from respected guys. It's not like they bring in a, a Dwight Howard who plays for a million teams and be like, yeah, no, this team sucks. And that team, that front office is a bunch of jerks and you know, whatever they can. I, I don't know. Uh, I'll leave Dwight alone. <laughs> I could very easily derail myself right now, but Brogdon is one of the most respected players in the league. High level union guy. Blake, very respected uh, player who I think superstars, players like Tatum and Brown especially, can look at Blake and be like, um, we see what your, what your body's going through now. So talk to me about that. We see how you had the biggest contracts out there and like, how did that, how did that go away? Like, tell me the stories of all of that. So you've got a guy who, who works and well, both of them work, but you've got a guy who is supremely talented as Blake was and tells a cautionary tale. And you've got Brogdon who tells a cautionary tale and a bunch of team, bunch of guys on this team that don't know any other team. I think it's an underrated element to this Celtic squad right now, what we're seeing in this moment, what, why the focus, part of why the focus is so good and part of why the, the vibes are so good and part of why the, the tone from Tatum and Brown especially is so good. You hear them talk about how much they love it here and, and all of that. These guys, Tatum, uh, I'm sorry, Blake and Brogdon are, are huge, huge assets, huge assets to this locker room. We got to see Blake what I see this game from Blake as is a reward, a thank you almost. Hey, you know what? You've been so important to us in the locker room. You get the start. You get the, you know, you get a little bit of the accolades. You get a little bit of the spotlight back. To me, this is this is much reward to him and a thank you to him for all the stuff that he's able to do in the locker room because the guys very clearly hold hold him in high regard. So I thought that was, if you're going to come out of this Blake thing with anything, that that's I think where we should come out of it with that a performance like this is the team giving him when it can a little bit of the shine keeps him happy he gets he gets the cheers and all of that stuff and and he gets to be a part of something so awesome great game great finish uh now like i said before Miami two tough games against the Miami Heat can the Celtics keep it rolling they're the best team in the NBA can they keep it up i'll be here for you with post-game podcasts, with off-day podcasts, bonus podcasts. It's all here on the Lockdown Podcast Network. So make sure you are subscribed 
so you can get it dropped directly to your device. If you are a subscriber, thank you so, so much. I hope you are watching the show on YouTube and subscribed on YouTube. And I hope that you share the podcast, tell your friends and family and everybody that they should be listening to and watching the Lockdown Celtics podcast here on the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day.